The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Major League Rugby Rant Podcast Show with your hosts, Ty Braga, Scott Ferrara, and Rob Hammerschmidt, who tackle the tough topics relating to Major League Rugby in the U.S. and Canada. This is your premier source of information. You are listening to the Major League Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Braga, and today here we're with the familiar faces of Rob Hammerschmidt. You got the big guy, Scott, of course, from the Rooney Supporters Club. And for the first time joining us here on The Rant, we have Benji. He is, of course, here to be able to try and take the title for today as the champion of our rant. But we do have two champions uh, already so far. That is last week was Grant Cole, and uh, then we have Rob to be able to try and take back his title here today. And uh, Scott, unfortunately, is still seeking that first title. (laughs) Today, these guys are going to be battling it out, and the first topic for today is going to be our Raptors fantasy draft. how this works a quick reminder for our viewers these gentlemen and like every other ranter will have a limited amount of time to be able to participate and share their points in this opportunity in this case with the draft system we are going to have it split between myself and benji we'll be representing dallas in this draft then we have scott and rob at the top will be representing LA in this battle. We're going to go back and forth with 30 seconds on the clock to make our choice. Rob, you are ready as our uh, keeper of who has picked who. You got your sheet ready, your roster lined up. And what we're going to do is we're going to hand it over to uh, Scott and to be able to take us off on that, uh, start us off on this fantasy draft for the Raptors. So you guys, who's up first? Okay, right, so, Rob. so the Yanks get to pick first, right? The Yanks right, versus the staff is? All right, got it. All right. What do you, you think, Rob? I'm thinking heavy eaters. I'm thinking somebody from the pack. What about what about you? Well, I'm I'm right there with you, brother. Uh, I'm, and I want a leader. I want somebody that's going to take the field and is going to run with authority. Uh, one of my thoughts are, are a Chad Goff or a Luke White. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those two big heavies. Uh, yeah, either one. You, you pick this one. All right, I'm going. Uh, let's go with Luke White. He's captain. He captain the Colorado side two years in a row. Uh, he, and we need some leadership on our LA Coast team. Of my middle guys, definitely taking a lock. Love it. Okay. All right, you got that We're one in. locked in. Excuse the pun. okay so you got luke white i'm actually disappointed that you chose him first and and i only say that because that's my first pick in the type five there uh his leadership is great so i would probably then have to choose chad as well as another pivotal player in that type five uh what would you 
Well, you know, the thing about rugby is the most important position, and I'm saying this as a come off, is tight head. And okay. Therefore, I know Chad Goff is a tremendous player, but in my opinion, the tight head position is actually the most important position in rugby. If you All don't, right, we got like five seconds left. Make your choice, but I'm going to go with Marco Fepulio. Okay, I'll give it to you, Fepulio. I had to practice being able to say that, by the way, when I was uh, working with the Raptors. It took me some time with the Polynesian names. But we're going to throw it back to the boys up top there. You got your next pick for LA. So what do you want to go to the back line and get uh, somebody who can distribute the ball a bit? I think we can go to the back line on this pick because I think our third pick it will still be on the board. This is a strategy I'm having. Um, so you're looking at centers or wings, Rob? Uh, I was thinking myself either somebody like Boyer or uh, Rydberg, uh, can't go wrong in the wing, or somebody like a London. Uh, I think we can go with London. I like London. Okay, London it is. Chad All London. Right. Locked in Chad London. All right, Benji, what do you think? Throw it out. Once again, when you're looking at rugby, the most important position in the back line to me is fly half. And if okay. You- Decision maker, absolutely. Who are you going got, for in that position? We got Robbie Petzer. Robbie Petzer scored 34 points in a single game. I'm definitely going to agree with Petzer. Having watched him play out there, he's a great decision maker, uh, draws the defense in at the right time, passes that ball off with a running ball. I think he's a great kicker as well, of course. Uh, his, his tactical kicking is phenomenal. Let's lock that one in and with Petzer. Okay, great. locked so in Petzer for Dallas. Okay, yeah. Um, and here's here's my – I want to go back to the front row. Um, I do want to take Alusi uh, Talaufo. I think what you could do with him in our experience is because I think he's 37 turning 38. You give him a two-year contract and you give him one of those player-coach contracts. And now you have a guy who played for the London Wasps in the front row, not only playing if he needs to, but coaching that, that young front row that you're going to have. So what do you think, Rob? Uh, I'm good with that pick. We need to get uh, anchor down that scrum. It's an important thing. Uh, it's an important position on the field, and without question, it's one of the things that um, successful teams this past season, although it was shortened, one of the things they were able to do is really use the set piece as a springboard for successful attack. So Sakaria Taliufo is is who we're picking. Yep, Lucy. All right, good pick, guys. I mean, already. I mean, I think I'm going to throw it to the back line here, Benji, and I'm going to look for a wing. I need somebody with pace, and that's going to be Mika Kruse for me. Uh, yeah. For a 21 year old kid, he has a great head on his shoulders. Uh, playing alongside Renee Ranger has been a phenomenal thing for him to be able to mature. Um, and he plays with the ball in hand like he's a sevens player. He's holding it up and all over the place. And just make sure his arms are above the tackle, so he's always ready for that offload, which is fantastic. It keeps the ball moving forward. Uh, would you agree with that one? Just tremendous upside, as you're saying. The youngster is really just coming through. I think he'd be a tremendous pick. Excellent. All right, we're going to lock in Cruze then. All right, Cruze it is. Right. Goes to Dallas. <laughs> to you boys in L.A. then. First, I want to say that I like Cruze, but he knocks the ball on a lot. With him holding that out there, boy, I saw him many a time he had an opportunity for That's attack. That's why I said he plays like a sevens player. You know? <laughs> and it's exciting rugby to watch him with the head because it's like it's like watching like old-school French national teams. Yeah. It's going to happen. I think, but, I think his experience, when he gets a little bit more experienced yeah. and matures a bit, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll understand that maybe it's time to just take the phase instead of trying to get that 
good looking yeah. offload. But I think well, we have to get the back line right, too. But this is why yeah. I mentioned, I mean, at 21 years old, he's got an incredible career. Upside. So, you know, for me, it's a good pick to have for somebody who's going to be able to take a young talent and let them in the team that you're going to put them in. Yeah, absolutely. All right, but you can't have him, so stop talking about him. <laughs> That's okay, because the guy that I think we're going to look to, we need to score some tries, my friend. And uh, if, if you're thinking like I am, uh, John Ryberg. Uh, yeah. Yep, that's, that's definitely our pick. Yeah, I think he led the league in tries mm -hmm. in 2019, and yeah. he was in the top five in, in 2020 inside of six games, if I'm not mistaken. You know, what, what is that, the Dallin or somebody called him? It was Dan or it was Dallin called him the quadricep with eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah. man, what a title. Like, you know, imagine you walk into a room and you're introduced with that title. Like, everybody's going to take note who is the quadricep with eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, that's a good pick, man. Well, I think we should go back now to Chad Goff. You know, they, they wanted to take him earlier and they did, didn't take that opportunity. But You're right. An All-American player, a hooker, once again, a position that really has big impact. And I think at the end of the day in rugby, you've got to focus on that tight five. Yeah. And, you know, something that I noticed when I was working uh, at the, the uh, Infinity Park with uh, the Raptors this uh, past season, uh, you know, the scrumming really started pretty poorly in the season for, for, uh, for Raptors. I think they were at about 76% conversion, like a successful, um, and then it steadily increased up and up and up. And I think they just needed to find much stronger uh, unified effort, find each other, and Chad was leading that. You know, you could see he was rallying everybody, of course, with Luke White as well. So, yeah, pivotal player right up there front. Good choice from Chad Goff. And, and the, the other thing about Chad Goff, what people don't realize, former sevens player, he knows how to slip through those lines. He yeah. can find those creases, right. get a little skinny, and, and take off with it. So I think that's a good thing. You, know, you bring up an excellent point. Like He's the type of guy that would find the smallest gap, mm -hmm. and if it's only one extra yard, he's going to fight for it on every occasion. And Absolutely. let's be honest, hookers these days have to be mobile. We often right. find that many international hookers, at least, are on the wings waiting in support or – waiting to take that ball forward uh, to support their wingers. They're far more versatile players than they've ever had to be. Yeah, so Chad Goff is our choice. Right yeah. back to you boys for, for LA. Hey, rugby fans, this is Ty Braga from the MLR Rant Podcast Show. A quick question to you out there. Want to be able to grow your business? Well, you can do that by advertising free with the MLR Rant Podcast Show, and here's how you can do it. Step one, you simply contact us to find out more. We'll share all the options available. Step two, choose the package that works for you. Step three, get it for free. That's right, we're going to give away a free episode for every sponsorship package. So let us know by contacting us at the MLR Rad Podcast Show. Now, now, Rob, I'm thinking um, up front. I'm thinking pack, um, and I'm I'm looking for some some eagles. Uh, you know, everybody talks about we want to have uh, these American players part of the, the the teams here. So I'm thinking Brendan Daly. What about you? Uh, I'm right there with you. We need somebody who can poach the ball. Somebody that's you know going to be at the breakdown. We need somebody that's going to um, be a be an enforcer on the field and going to make their presence known. And Brendan Daly is exactly who I want to go with. So he's going to L.A. And Brendan Daly, 
had the type of again shortened season had was having the type of games that Nate Brakeley was having in the breakdown where he was jacking the ball at quite an alarming pace. So he definitely knows when to put his hands in that ruck. So I'm, I'm it's a guy I'm really excited to have in my team. I'm right there with okay. you. Choice. Benji, if they're go- we we also need a good ball fetcher, somebody who's going to dig in there right in the middle of everything. Johnny on the spot. My choice is actually going to be Connor Cook. Ooh, right. Definitely a good choice. Uh, you know, I want to say with reference to locks, you know, the problem that I have really with, with their roster, really undersized locks uh, really hurt them uh, during the season. So for me, they're going to have to look elsewhere, uh, Dallas and, and LA for that matter. Um, because mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, slim pickings there. And unfortunately, LA already picked up uh, the, the, the best uh, versatile forward in uh, Luke White. Um, I have to say. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Connor Cook, the way he runs with the ball in his hand, I mean, he has some massive charges, like, through the line. He, he spots the gap. He runs great lines against the defense. Uh, and he breaks those tackles, and he's there, and he's an active player. He's in many parts of the field, all over the place. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's, that's my pick, and we can lock that one in. Excellent. Well, and the thing, the thing about picking up a Luke White is he's kind of like – Brakely, he's kind of like Hermesize, where because he's just a little bit undersized, he can play outside at the flank too. So you can get two big, tall guys and have yeah. them right out the flank. So don't I don't, think, don't, don't you guys think it's ironic that his name is White, but he finished every single game with a black eye? <laughs> <laughs> I love how he does his interview too. Did you see that? I posted in the, in the Major League Rugby Fan Zone group that he'd done an interview on TV for the local news or something like that up in Denver. And uh, he was just sporting that shiner. And, like, like was, I don't think maybe there was makeup. And if so, then he must have had a really black eye. But he in was, terms of rugby, there's nothing better than that. Like you, know, you, know, you know, I, I definitely follow that guy into battle because he's, he's, he's showing his courage right on his face, like, after every game. But, uh, okay. Rob, I think it's, I think it's uh, our shot. It's our pick. What are you thinking? Backline again? Uh, I am, but I think we need a distributor. So I'm thinking going nine or ten. Uh, and I really – I like Nick Boyer. Uh, mm. I think he stepped out of the shadows last year when he came from San Diego. Uh, you know, it's um, it was pretty tough because San Diego has a pretty good good scrum half. Um, but I really liked what Nate Bo- uh, uh, Nick Boyer had to do. He scored a couple tries this year uh, from the scrum half position. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think we go with Boyer too. And I think it's – again, when we, talk, when we were talking about Mika Cruz – Boyer learned last year from Peterson. Sometimes the offload or throwing out the pass too early doesn't give you that break line speed. Sometimes if you see that gap, you have to take it. And I think most of his tries, I believe, were kind of through a gap and not necessarily open field. So yeah, I definitely guys, I, don't know, I don't know what games you guys have watched. I'm really glad you're picking him because I'm looking forward to taking the other scrum off. Uh, Carlo Nation, uh, yeah. to me, just so much better. A quick scrum off, especially if you're behind a losing back. Nick Boyer, simply too tall, too slow. Uh, from my experience, um, we need a scrum off that's nice and quick. So I'm, I'm jumping the gun. Uh, so you guys go ahead and, and take that scrum off because we're looking forward to taking the better one. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 I mean, both players are, are great in different manners. I mean, I watched both of them play this season, um, but I would say that I saw more game time for Denison and that – probably has to say something about that they had more confidence in him on that field to be able to be the playmaker. Mate, he's from the free state. Free stop. Everybody <laughs> 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 the hardest guys. Benji, you're such a homer. 
it, it's pretty yeah. hard to names, but at the end of the day, Frey starts where it's at. So, Frey start all, all right. So, LA, Rob and Scott, take your pick. <laughs> so I, think, I think we're coming down to our last pick, and obviously I think we need a leg here. Um, I'm thinking Quinlan, Monster Product. Um, mm-hmm. fr- from a Rooney standpoint, we had uh, Kyle Marsh, had, the, had a nice Irish leg on him. So what do you think, Rob? Um, I'm good with Quinlan. Is is Ranger? Is he available or not available? I, I, I thought we I were assuming that well, he's not. Not okay. Yeah, I think yeah we're gonna yeah he's not available. We're gonna say he's not available. Okay. So so I'm yeah let's go with Quinlan down at the bottom of your sheet outside any other box, Rob. I see that. I wasn't sure what your <laughs> what your notations were there. Okay. So I, yeah, let's go with Quinlan. Uh, we need a fly off somebody that can manage the game. See, now, here's an interesting question. Uh, I mean, do you – I mean, I also consider Petzer a, a fly-off as much as playing at 12. Right. I think that we got probably a more versatile player there, but if you're doing the combination in the same team, I'd have at 10 Quinlan and then 12 would be Petzer. So you've got that. So are we? would we be considering Petzer as a 10 or a 12? What were you thinking before, Benji? I'm thinking a 10 um, because of his kicking ability. Um, on that particular team with Rene Ranger and uh, Chad London, they obviously had a, a lot of centers really, really available. But um, okay, especially with it being a new side, you need somebody with that kind of experience to be the fly half and to take control. And I think that he would be the best choice. Yeah, he, he okay. has, Petzer has that, definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's a great decision maker, for sure. I'm uh, flipping back to my, to my screen. And uh, so then if we're thinking about, about backline still, All right. for Mason Emerson. Emerson. Absolutely. The, 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 Great. You know, he had an awesome season. It was the latter half right in yep. the right spot at the right time. He slices through the backline like butter. I mean, he- Man, did you, you remember that game? I can't even tell you who it was now, but I just remember the moment. It was like a slip pass, missed pass, picked it up the floor, ran, cut the defense to be able to yeah. it, and it was – It been a winning try against Toronto, which, as you know, was the, you know, significant victory that the, the last game, um, mm. Toronto match. He just came through and, like you said, lights out. Um, just just ball-handling ability, and that's what you want in the fullback, a guy that can really break the line. And also – right. For sure, and he, he knows where to be. His positional play is excellent. Uh, he can turn on the spin of a dime and and, and, and really uh, attack the defense. So definitely a good pick, I think, for, for him. Seven, yeah. yeah. So if, if uh-huh. Rob, you want to recap, uh, you want to recap the LA team for us, real quick. Yeah. LA has uh, Sakaria Talafau, right? Is that how you yep. pronounce the name, Ty? Talafu. Talafu. Uh, Luke White, and I think he'll be our captain. Uh, Brendan Daly, um, Nick Boyer, Thomas Quinlan, John Ryberg, and Chad London. Right. Okay. So for, for Dallas, we have Marco Fepelil, Chad Goff, Connor Cook, Robbie Petzer, Micah Jose, and Carlo Nation, and Mason Emerson. Honestly, I think that I think both of if if those teams drafted those players, I think they have a solid base of poaching of right. poaching Raptors players. To be honest, well, I think the key is is that you got a you got a, a great amount of experience as well as you got youthful talent that has room to be able to grow. 
Um, you've got key positions that are covered. I mean, these are guys that are, if you're starting a new expansion team, why wouldn't you want to have guys that have already got that level of experience that you need in the MLR, but are seasoned veterans of the game in the US right now? So. So we need to be able to take the opportunity to move on to our next point. And this was chosen by the Major League Rugby Fan Zone group. We put the poll out to find out what you guys wanted to hear about. And that's why we settled on which team in the Midwest will be the next to have an expansion team in uh, the Major League Rugby, or which city, should I say. So now we have obviously got one incredibly biased person in the Midwest. That's Rob because he's from Chicago. But I am curious to hear what the rest of you may think. And we're going to return to the familiar format of what we once had in all of our previous uh, rants. And you're going to be given your window of two minutes to be able to state your case, which major league rugby, or should I say again, which city will be the next in the Midwest to receive a major league rugby team. Should you go over your allotted two minutes, you will receive a yellow. Thank you for calling me out last week for my very sad yellow card. But the red one is even worse because it's not red. <laughs> so if you fail to stick to your time twice, you may receive a red, and that means that, of course, you set out for a round. Let's keep it flowing forward. Let's keep the ball moving forward, and we're going to throw it to Scott to be able to start this round. So what do you got for us, big guy? All right, so my pick is controversial for me personally. People who know me personally know that I hate everything that has to do with the state of Ohio. Um, I'm a Michigan guy. I'm a Michigan man. That state, that that state down south, is terrible. But I do think, because of what they already have, and they have Fortress Obits in Obits, Ohio, that will be the next city to to take on an MLR team. Um, I think they just had they when pro rugby was a the premier rug, uh, professional rugby league uh, in the United States. Um, Fortress Obits did have a great crowd uh, for every Aviators match. Um, I, I happened to watch it. Uh, I happened to get TV access to it, um, so I remember those matches. Um, Fortress Obits, I think, holds like 6,500 people on bleachers, which is perfect size seating for a small team. They ha already have everything you need to, to, to have a stadium. I think they also have a bubble or they have the option to put a bubble um, for, for, for them to practice. But I mean, Ohio centrally located. It's, it's not too far away from East coast teams. It could be in the Eastern conference. Um, while I know Rob, I'm sure I know Rob is going to pick um, again. It's about facilitating you got 30 seconds. It's about, it's about a quick setup for me. If I was an owner and I and I lived in that area and I had the opportunity to set up an MLR franchise there, why not already have the quick setup that maybe Rooney doesn't have, you know, the Sabercats didn't have in the first half of 2019, that type of thing. Right. I hear what you're saying because you can use the existing infrastructure to be able to create a level playing field with the other clubs already pretty much right from the start. And because you've got the facilities, you've got uh, all of that behind you, you've already got an existing market that enjoys and knows about rugby too. 
and and not only that, you know, media wise, you already know what you have as far as camera angles. You know, you could put cameras there. You know what what the field's right. going to look like on television versus if you have to do it at a completely new stadium. Yeah, there is experience to be able to draw upon that you know they've been through some of these trials and tribulations already. Even though it be a different format of rugby, the lessons are still transferable. Yeah. So while I hate everything Ohio, I would still make that my pick. Or is there a personal vendetta? What's the history? You're, you're, you South Africans Ohio don't know. You know, Michigan and Ohio State hate each other in every sport. It could be right. Big Ten rugby, men's or women's. It could be women's softball. The, it's the biggest rivalry in, in, in football. It could it's, be cornhole, and, and it, yeah, doesn't it's, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't understand. You guys have no idea. The uh, international tiddlywings competition. Yes. Still be yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So thank you very much for that. So we know that your stance will be in Ohio. We're going to hand it over to Rob. Rob, give us what you got. Okay. First of all, I want to start off by saying the Safa below me. Watch his time. He will cheat like there's nobody's <laughs> business. So keep an eye on it. African time. Okay. That being said, say, by hook or by crook, you get by. Uh, that being said, here's what I did. I went a little scientific, and what I thought about is what what cities, what metropolitan areas have the biggest populations. And so, number one, obviously Chicago, uh, and then and then I would I would I would lean towards if if, if I was going to go this direction. Um, although Detroit is number, uh, I'm going to put them f- number five in my list. Uh, and and then you got Minneapolis, St. Paul, you got St. Louis, and then you've got Cincinnati, Ohio. And what I think I would do is go Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, you've, you, some of the things Scott talked about, uh, there's already a draw there, uh, as you know, the, the state of Ohio had a major league rugby franchise. Um, and actually, West End Stadium is currently being built uh, and set to open in 2021 um, for the uh, FC Cincinnati. It's going to hold um, I think 26,000 people. So I think they've got a ready-made situation there. Uh, but that being said, I'm going back to the home, great home, Chicago. And look, here's the great thing about Chicago in terms of uh, fans. 9.5 million people in the metropolitan area. Don't forget, we're two hours drive from Milwaukee. You've got 1.5 million people in Milwaukee, and Indianapolis is only three hours drive with 1.7 million people. So you're drawing on a larger crowd. Hell, I was going to drive down 900 miles to go to NOLA match. I'd drive two hours <laughs> to see rugby being played at a professional level. Um, you got 18 men's clubs, six women's clubs, you got about 10 20 college programs, no problem, and 50 high school and youth programs in the Chicago Met area. They've got a ready-made stadium, SeaKeek Stadium, seats 20,000. It's going to be vacated by the ML, uh, MLS franchise because they're playing downtown at um, at uh, uh, um, the, uh, the Soldier Field. And so they've got an indoor bubble there to practice, and they've got several practice fields outside, and they have offices that are available for rental. So Chicago's my choice. Two <laughs> seconds over your time, and I'm going to allow it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate Chicago the advantage. On. Chicago, on. All right. You know, you bring up some great points. I mean, Chicago, of course, is a really, really big hub in the U.S. It's for travel. It's, it's, it's proximity to, to other cities. Uh, is fantastic in the MLR with uh, Toronto only a hop, skip, and a jump away, really. If you think about it, you know, you can create a local rivalry in those markets as well. So I like it. I mean, it is a logical choice. There's been a lot of conversation and rumors going back, I don't even know how long, between MLR fans that Chicago is a good pick. Did you have another final thought? And, and by the way, 
Uh, SeatGeek is a hop, skip, and a jump from uh, Midway Airport. If you want to go up north and you want to go up there by Rosemont, they have a baseball stadium. Not the greatest situation and setup, but that is a destination location for nightlife and the after party that comes when the game is over. Uh, right. And you're right by O'Hare. And these are elements that you have to be able to consider. It's why Vegas is chosen as a destination for many events of a wide variety is because it's a hub of activity for entertainment, for shopping, for all of these. You got to think about the added value for a fan experience as well as just, you know, its local community that it supports and encourages to come to the games. So great point. The other thing, Rob, most most airlines have hub flights directly to one of the two Chicago airports, yeah. especially right. from the East Coast. So if they would, if they do go to Chicago and they're part of the East Coast teams, the flight arrangements I know for New York, there's a flight from LaGuardia to Midway every 40 minutes, Monday through Saturday. And, you know, that's also going to be a factor about reducing expenses because that means that, you know, when you're traveling with the team and your entourage that comes with them, these over a season can be very expensive costs. So, it's important to be able to realize that having the location and easily accessible uh, all the facilities nearby is an important point for establishing a new team. Yeah, and, and I would say, Benji, they got to do something about the flights to New Orleans. I mean, for Christ's sake, I think from Chicago, I was going to pay 450 bucks just to get down to Chicago, uh, New Orleans and back. Listen, the, the, the beer is really cheap when you get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, about to, I was about to stay at your house, I think. What? <laughs> you were going to have a house guest, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So talking about Benji, we're going to hand it over to you. What is your thought about what Midwest city will receive a team? Well, I'm going to risk a yellow card here and just say I don't really have any strong thoughts about which particular city. But what I do have strong thoughts about is club rugby. I know my fondest recollections of playing the game are playing for clubs. I played for Marysburg College, a really good school. Then I went on to Marysburg University, where, as you guys might know, you've heard of Tristan Blewett and Carl Mayer. Uh, these guys had firm foundations, and this is how they went through the ranks. Don't know what, don't know what happened to me, but I guess I just took <laughs> a really good game. But my point is, any city that wants to be a professional rugby uh, hub has to start with the foundations and therefore that city must have strong clubs and all of these cities that want an MLR team need to focus on developing and strengthening those clubs because the clubs are the foundation upon which pro rugby rests. World rugby basically has a problem right now. There's a disconnect between professional and the community game. We're seeing it all over the world. Club rugby is actually dying in South Africa, in Australia, in many countries. And the result has been, you got a bunch of nothing games that nobody cares about happening in super rugby. So ironically, professional rugby, hardly anybody watches it anymore. Ty, I know that you know this. If you go into South Africa, the, the best games to watch right now are the Varsity Shield and the Varsity mm -hmm. Games at the universities, right? Which essentially are the clubs in South Africa, right? And in United States, we don't have the benefit of really strong uh, university teams, except for a, a few exceptions. Therefore, we should probably focus on the clubs. Yeah, you know, a great really point in universities. One of the strongest university programs outside of life is Lindenwood University, which is one of the reasons why I put St. Louis on the list, too. You have a ready-made situation, um, you know, where you have some good quality players coming out of uh, uh, an LU program that you could easily attract to stick around yeah. the St. Louis area. 
Well, you'd have to almost think that when you develop a team, the very first players that you look at are those guys that are local to your your district, your area. So, you know, with with Rugby ATL, they had done so with the 404. You know, you've got these teams that you can identify as feeders. And no, of course, for example, you brought that up, Benji, and you, you know, you, you of course illustrate so perfectly that without a right foundation, you're not going to be able to allow them to progress to this higher level. But when you create a team, you need to have that that rugby culture and those teams to be able to lean upon to be able to create your first team field and then bring in the other talent from elsewhere. So I guess it's almost about a difference of opinion. It could be that if you had the money and you had the right backing, could you buy all your players in or if you didn't, should you rather find local talent and build from there? Anybody want to tackle that topic? Well, I, I well, let me just interrupt Benji real quick. Um, speaking of his, his, well, his point is correct. You have to build on the clubs because you're going to get a lot of guys from there. Um, so my second option would be Kansas City. Kansas City Blues have a strong D1 club. But the reason right. Rooney is called Rugby United New York uh, is because James Candy wanted to unite the top tier club rugby teams in New York to come together to help out with, with, yeah. with doing this, right. this professional thing. Draw on the existing rugby community and, that's there. And, and we still have guys from Nyack, guys from, you know, Old Blue. Um, you know, we, we, we have, we have the division two guys come and play um, curtain raisers and stuff like that. So that's def definitely a, a great point. I just wanted to touch on that. Okay. Well, I wanted to throw a couple of other points out to you guys, if I may, just to be able to offer a little bit of insight for our viewers to be able to understand some important factors when you are looking at professional sports outfits and when they're looking to be able to, to progress or to begin from, from scratch. But some of the things you have to be able to consider, and the largest one really is economics. I mean, Major League Rugby is a business. We've kind of echoed this almost in every single episode. So it's important to be able to understand the economics of, 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 of rugby clubs. So some of the biggest and most significant revenue streams in terms of income will be, of course, uh, you'll have your media revenue, you'll have your gate fees, your tickets sold, you'll have sponsorships, merchandise, and these collectively will be what helps the, the, the club survive and eventually reach even greater heights. But then you also have to understand the flip side of that is, of course, the expenses. When you're looking at player salaries being a huge portion of that, and looking at the franchising fees, which I'm not exactly – can't remember off the top of my head what the franchise fee for 2021 will be. Um, I think it's $2 million, is it? No. Okay. So we can expect that to increase as the years go by. So maybe even a larger burden for a new club. Then you're looking at the stadium fees. If they don't own their stadium, they're obviously renting from some other facility, and that's a burden there as well. So all of these eat into your profits that are creating a much harder break even for you to, to, to exceed. And then on top of that, you've got the production fees as well, which for, for the moment, uh, a large portion of that is being taken on by the MLR themselves. But there are some organizations that have their own teams and may very well want to continue doing so. But the reason I bring that up, though, too, and you guys that hit some of these cities that I had already identified as good potentials, because I think the first thing you have to understand is what is the engagement going to be? Who is going to watch? What is your potential market? And one of the great indicators of that is the Nielsen DMA rankings, which ranks every city in the U.S. by its viewership. And at number one is New York. Right? We can understand why. It's a huge media market, the largest, if not one of the largest in the world. 
Second to that is LA. So you can see, again, it has already got the, the, the platform to become one of those great. Three is Chicago. So that's number three in the country. So again, Chicago falls to the top of the list of potentials. Now, if we're just talking about Midwest, other potentials is we've already mentioned St. Louis, who's at 21 in terms of media market, Kansas City, number 32, and Columbus, Ohio. I had chosen that because of its connection to, to, to pro rugby. And that is at 34. So what do you guys think about, I mean, obviously, Rob, we know that you had chosen Chicago as your favorite. Scott, you had mentioned a couple of different destinations. What would you pick as your as your best, knowing this this whole uh, thing now about uh, media markets, expenses, and so forth? Well, I'm going to kick this over to Benji because I interrupted him last time. So, Benji, it's you're up. Okay. Well, I, I, unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with Rob for a change. Uh, you know, Chicago. <laughs> I like that for a change. I'm going with Chicago is precisely you know the point I was making earlier. The cheapest rugby players that we can produce are the players that the teams, actually the clubs rather, produce themselves. And I'll tell you, right. the, and I'm sure you guys will agree, as a fan, I'm almost as excited to see someone who plays in New Orleans Rugby Club put the jersey on as I am to see one of the international players. Those are the kind of guys that put bums on seats, that bring their families, friends of their friends, friends of friends. I've been there in the stadium in New Orleans, and I tell you, people look forward to seeing a homegrown talent. And that's actually, ironically, the cheapest talent. You're not flying a guy in from South Africa or Australia. He's actually living with his parents or staying in a dormitory in New Orleans. And he just walks onto the field and he's instant hit. And we didn't have to put very much money into it. It's just an investment in people that is required. Can I throw it back to you now, Scott? Sure. Um, the first thing I'll say about Chicago is they're going to have to watch – something when the bears lose to green bay twice a year every year <laughs> yeah. so it's a great i think it's a great media market for uh, a rugby team especially on television because you can you know watch maybe watch a team win a match on rugby saturday and then you know watch watch your football team lose on sunday every week um but i still think i think kansas city would be my number two pick um again okay. it's a, um it's a it has a good club tradition as Benji mentioned, is a core uh, value to to an MLR team. Um, it's centrally located. Again, it has hub uh, transportation. Um, so I'd go number one, Fortress Obits, you know, Ohio, uh, and then Kansas City would be my second choice. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Um, then we know that uh, uh, Chicago is definitely your pick, Rob, your first pick. If you had to choose a second and third. Uh, so – uh, at the risk of offending all the, the folks here, um, which I don't mind this time around, uh, the one thing that Chicago, if there's a franchise here, we're very tribal in Chicago. There are plenty of two great D1 teams. Um, you got the Lions, you got the Griffins, but then a lot of good D2, D3, and D4 teams, a lot of good women's sides. So there's a lot to build on. You got to get over that tribal mentality. Um, the nice thing here is they've got a nice youth structure that anybody who wants to get into the coaching or administrating and, and be a uh, professional rugby player can do so through the through the infrastructure that exists. But I think my second choice um, is is going to go to um, I think Cincinnati, Ohio. And one of the okay. again it comes down to the fact they're building a new stadium, West End Stadium, and can and they could easily piggyback on uh, the MLS. Um, they've got a real strong uh, core. They have a great uh, seasonal growth rate uh, according to. Um, uh, the uh, United States uh, uh, rugby, um, 
at, I think they said 4,600 um, last year. Um, they have uh, um, their SRO is at 2,800. 2, um, it's a little low, but I think they're kind of low-balling it. Um, and uh, don't forget, I think Louisville is just across the river. So you've got a bigger mm -hmm. metropolitan area to draw from. I know that Louisville has a couple really good clubs there, too, uh, that would certainly be sucked into that, um, to that market. So that right. would be enough to do. Yeah, I think the one thing that we can all agree on, though, is that the Midwest has to be an area that needs to be exposed to Major League Rugby. Definitely. Uh, I mean, it's unfortunate that it hasn't already because there have been many great candidates. It just seems as if they haven't managed to be able to get everything in the right way and at the right time. Uh, I mean, we can only hope that there is a few good men who are willing to be able to financially back a series bid. Well, rugby fans, once again, thank you for all the support you've given us here at the MLR Rants Podcast Show. So please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, hit the bell icon for notifications, or follow us on social media. This has been presented by the MLR Fan Zone. But, right. you know. Well, boys, I think that uh, that means that we have successfully uh, taken on these rants and these topics here, and all of you have done a fantastic job of laying out your points. Rob did some excellent research, I can see today. And, of course, the, Scott's willing to be able to, to, to put his opinions forward as per usual. Benji, you have, of course, been a great sport. I got to pick a winner here, though, guys. But, you know, Benji, I did give you the two-minute warning, and you – you blew right past it. Disrespect for three is never, ever going to get you anything except the car. Did I not tell you to watch him? Watch this guy right here. Got uh, right on him. It might be delayed, but it's there. It's yellow, my friend. Yeah. It's yellow. You have well, been warned. There's a lot so, of people in NOLA cheering right now. I got to tell you that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in the sin bin right now, so you're out. And uh, <laughs> I think on this occasion, it really is tough. But I think on the momentum that, 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 that Scott has got from this episode, I am going to throw it to him to be the champ this time. Nice. Well done, Even Scott. though your points were good for Chicago, I think, Scott, yeah, this is yours and you deserve it. So. Thank you very much. Anything I could do to diss the state of Ohio and diss the city of Chicago? Right. Oh, I oh, think oh, it's oh. probably that I love that your, your passion was there. By the way, I expect the money to be deposited into my <laughs> <laughs> Um <laughs> Wouldn't it be the first <laughs> reason official? Wouldn't it be a first? Yeah. <laughs> I take cash. Yankees are good for. <laughs> <laughs>